Kate. Hi, Fuzzy. Welcome back. <laughs> Why do you say welcome back? Uh, welcome back to my house. Okay. Welcome back to the book. Yes. It's week six. We Is read, it week six? It is week six. We read pages 390 to 464, and we are now 47% the way done with the book. Oh, wait. I have two things. Okay. One, I listened to one of our episodes. Okay. Like, I listened to it, and I don't know why I had to. <laughs> you listened to it with your ears? With my ears, rather than having actually said it. So I was just interested to see what I sounded like. And I have a drinking game Okay. for our listeners. Okay. Which I think we might have like three. three. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, every time I say like, you can take a drink. Because apparently I say like when I'm trying to think out loud and an annoying amount. Hmm. So, it, I hadn't noticed it, and I edit the episodes. I would so have I thought listen to us after you would have been taking little hatch marks. <laughs> no, I, I haven't noticed that you say now. I mean, next episode or when I no, edit I'm this, gonna, I'm going to try not to. All right. And oh, and then my second. I would, yes. Oh, I wouldn't put it. Don't why? Why worry about it? I just it it it's hard to make a point. And like take someone seriously when they say like so much, don't okay. you think? I don't. Um, I, it's not a word that stands out to me. I was thinking this week about my T-shirt idea. Okay. The maternal phantoms. Okay. And I was like, okay, I'm thinking a black shirt with white. And then I was like, oh, I want to include like the tagline. I read it so you don't have to. Right. And then I was thinking, but I also want people to know what Fantods is. And then I was like, put a little superscript. Okay. And then they go to the back. Well, yeah. And they get all the information all they the need. All the information. <laughs> On the back it says, I don't even know if this is a shirt. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. That was my uh, great idea this week. That's an awesome idea. Look look for those it, terrible photos of people I love dot com. Yeah, I we'll looked it up for... on uh, Zazzle. Oh. To see See about making them? Yeah. We could at this point we could probably make one each for each of our listeners. <laughs> <laughs> and awesome. only one of those listeners is not related. <laughs> Thanks, Anna. <laughs> oh, I my friend Jesse might be listening. Oh. Hi Jesse. Hmm. Well, listener of the week. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's week six. We we only have seven weeks left, so I get a couple more listeners. Might burn through our <laughs> fan base. Okay. So what did what did, what did, what happened in this in this section, Kate? You want me to summarize? Yeah, a, yeah. I just want to get a, a sense of like what what happened. Mm, pop quiz. Not sure if I'm ready. Okay. Uh. <laughs> Well, there was there was a nice section. I'm not going to be good at this. Do you just want to do the rundown? Uh, sure. I'll just do the rundown. I just didn't know if you had any take. I mean, I guess maybe that's part of it for me. Okay, you want this my... This week seemed to be 
I'm having trouble picking out details because it's just like more of the same. More oh, of no, the same. I, have, I have some things to say. Oh, okay. Okay. I guess I'm just saying in summary. You thought it was boring. I guess, yeah. It's, it's I found just, some parts in it that oh, I really enjoyed. All right. So. Awesome. Well, Mar- we, we're, we're still watching Mario's film uh, in the first section. We sure are. We sure are. And Mario's film is a satire, in quotes, of the the story of how the the organization of North American nations got together. It's a puppet and show. It's a puppet show. And it's a satire of his father. No, uh, well, it's a it's a the puppet show is a summer a, a, a what a, a summary. Uh, uh, what do you what's the word I'm looking for? He took a long movie and made it into a shorter puppet show. It's an adaptation. Yes. It's a shorter, the puppet show is a shorter adaptation. It is? Of his father's like four hour movie about this. Because this is. But that movie. Entirely too long. Yes. The puppet show is meant to be funny and it's a satire of this. So we don't know the precise history because we're, we're seeing it through something that's a comedy about it yeah. like if you were trying to learn about american politics through like the snl opening opening scenes like you'd figure out what was going on but they're making fun of it so we can't be sure how yeah. much of it is real but i'm also uh, the, my note from this section is um boy a crazy president sure is funny the like what <laughs> real real satire there in 1996 dfw boy wouldn't it be crazy if an entertainer who really wasn't yeah. that with it, became president. What a ridic- ridiculous scenario. I felt like this section had a lot of parallels to today, as far as that is concerned. Right? Right? Yes. <laughs> so I look forward to us making a giant sinkhole out of Maine. <laughs> I didn't know where you were going yeah. with that. I was like, wait, what? Am I in trouble? Um, Uh, but yeah yeah. making disastrous choices about climate and then having to deal with the consequences yeah yeah that's what happened in the book yeah one of the tennis teens gets advice from lyle about his bed moving around yes is that just a red herring yeah i don't know are we gonna have to worry about Moving on, like, what do you call it? Like, what did I call it? I don't even remember. What do you call that? Um, Like the paranormal activity of the bed moving around? Do not underestimate objects. So now objects are going to have their own agenda. Oh, Apparently. Yeah. (laughs) Probably. Uh, Hal is addicted to nicotine. I mean, these are my notes. And then the joke we get, we hear a description of a movie that uh, that Jim and Kendaza made that wasn't really a movie. It was just pointing cameras at the audience, which I thought was really funny. You did, yeah, awesome. I thought that it made it poked fun at pretentious art critics in a really good way. Awesome. It didn't didn't move the needle for me, but I don't know. It's just to. You could tell he was having fun with it, and he was making fun of something that he was familiar with. All right. At least to me, because, well, maybe it's just, maybe, yeah. You know what? I'm just going to go with what I know. Yeah. Just Uh, leave it there. Yeah. Yep. Uh, More headlines, more puppet show. We get a mention of uh, Clipperton, who's the 
kid who's a child who plays with a gun to his head. Yep. Yep. And then ultimately. Yeah, and then ultimately in this section, or in this this uber section, yeah, trigger uh, content warning for suicide is probably just should be stamped on the cover of the book. Oh, I Oh, do you. (laughs) I took my notes backwards. So I gotta read up and over. Uh, okay. Yes, it it goes back to him. Okay, just go through with your rundown. I'm trying to I'm trying to keep up here. It's really hard. Okay, so now Hal tells us, or through the eyes of Hal, we learn about the death of ads, the death of TV and cable, um, through ads that were just so horrendous that they killed off the medium that they were running on. Yes. Yet somehow prom- you know, promoted the, the product they were trying to sell with, with uh, scare tactics or with disturb tactics, I guess. So I guess there's that whole idea, right? So first of all, that was just, okay, that's, a, that's one of your big sci-fi theses or you know, sociological sci-fi theses of how, how this society has changed differently, how TV has been killed off. Um, both broadcast and cable TV, and been replaced by these cartridges, which is just interesting because it's the the whole thing is the complete opposite of kind of the model we've been going. The, the notion that people are paying for individual cartridges that have particular things on them that they want, and he really posits this whole thing about like broadcast TV was held back because it couldn't be more entertaining than the commercials. Is a thing he explicitly says. So now that that constraint is removed, people are making the most entertaining. There's no advertising. Things are making the the people are making the most entertaining stuff they can possibly do, and selling it direct to people, which is the opposite of how our world has turned out, because ads are everywhere. Everything's paid for by ads. You can watch just about anything, for you know, in these big. Not you're not picking out in particular, but you're paying for Netflix or you're paying for Hulu, and you get all the programs, and you and end up watching a lot of ads anyway. Yes, but it was about somewhat about having the choice and control over things, which we have moved towards, right? Right. Streaming services allow us a level of access that you don't have with broadcast tv yeah so i guess i found that parallel rather than the ad thing as a big sure and i guess we can't grade them on i can't we can't grade the book on the fact that reality turned out differently 30 years later than he guessed a sci-fi future so it's just interesting that it's sort of in in their parallels but it's kind of exact kind of opposite i don't know that was interesting. But this is another section, like I, I talked a couple weeks ago about film technology, where the he tries to use the tech, technical language, and it is, uh, uh, it, it, it's so, he's being very precise, but the way he's being precise is, is just so laughable of the numbers he's using that... Um, it, to me, it stands out, stood out because it's just I was fixated on how wrong the numbers were. Like he talks about 4.8 megabyte disks mm-hmm. and programs coming on them, and that is very, very small. 
and you would and he because he keeps talking about these HD TVs and I think in 1996 you could do the math of like how you know uh, uh, how much storage uh, video was going to take up and even in like 96 you were already there were CD-ROMs which had 640 megabytes so the fact that he's using a number so much smaller than that and it, I'm sorry I nerded out on it a little bit but uh, do you think he did it on purpose as a joke all right maybe it was a joke but I did read that he didn't start writing this he started writing this in 1989 oh so well, the, uh, go, I have to go back and change all of my <laughs> references to whenever I say 96. Um, uh, wait. Oh, so go back in time, redo the math. Yeah. Okay. Then we meet up with Marath again, or Marathi. Marathi. These chapters are the most boring and I get, like, what he's trying to do, these little interludes with them discussing things, but they are just tedious. What were they talking about? Freedom? Yeah, freedom. I mean, you know, it's maybe, yeah, it's an, it's maybe an interesting attack on American exceptionalism. Like, I, there was one paragraph I marked that um, I was sort of... Uh, I was like, all right, that's a good, that's a good critique by having, you know, a critique of having the character. It's something that Steeply's trying to defend the American system and in, in, in an exaggerated way. And I was like, all right, all right, I'll give you that one. Yeah, but I just, I find them boring. Mm-hmm. Boring, boring, boring. I guess that's interesting that the different things that uh, we both. Um, are picking up on or not in this, right? The, the, I, this was, this was a, a, a little signpost for me, a little milestone, a little like, okay, you kept me going, and it totally burn, turns you off. But there's other stuff in this section that you did glom onto. Mm-hmm. Sure did. So in this section, we get one foot, uh, EndNote 173, which tried to send us to EndNote 305. Which is the story of the wheelchair assassins. Yes. And I was reading this chapter and I skipped that end note because I said that you are not going to trick me. I, I have bypassed this twice before, been tried to send, the book has tried to send me to, to end note 305. And I have said, I am going to wait until I get to end note 305 in the main text to read end note 305 because it is like four or five pages. It's about the wheelchair assassins. I know they exist. I didn't want to know anything about them. And oh, so you knew what the end note was about. I knew what it was about because that's what that was what it end noted every time it was referenced was something about the wheelchair assassins. Hmm. And so then you sent me a text and said, "What about that end note?" And I was like, "What a, what end note?" And you said, "Oh, the one about the wheelchair assassins and about the." People and I was like, "Oh no, do I have to read it?" And you, you made me read it. I did not. You did. No. So what did you think of that end note? I thought it was interesting, and I'm glad that I read it. And I felt like it added to it, and something happened, and you understood. Hey, there's a cat eating my book. 
you understood about where some of these people might be are coming from mm-hmm. these wheelchair assassins. It's hard for me to say assassins. <laughs> sound drunk um what do you think yeah yeah it was a i i wasn't mad i i was i was mad that i was reading it but i wasn't mad that i read it yeah. it actually had a lot of like color to it emotional i don't know hmm. it was very fleshed out in a way that it, the rest of the stuff really doesn't have hmm. and then in a swerve we're back to clipperton yeah. Who's and is this the part where he does kill himself? Where he go, well, or it's not, not revealed directly, right? It it's up to the point and then later they're like, and that's when he killed himself. Oh yeah. No, this is the section yeah, this is the section where it actually describes it. Oh, okay. That was <laughs> that was not I mean, that whole story was weird. Yeah, like, it's like, you're like, well, wouldn't the parents step in? Why wouldn't this happen? Why wouldn't this happen? And then it's just like, no, we just let this uh, teenager play with a gun to his head so nobody would let him lose. Right. And then he got what he wanted. Right. And then he had a mental breakdown and he went to Hal's dad himself and was asking for counsel. And then, was it caught on video? Is that... No. No, but Mario was there. When it happened. Or we don't know. I guess we don't know if it's caught on video. Mario was there. I wonder if it is. Because the tapes went into the grave with... Oh, yeah, maybe. I thought that inferred... Something like that. It was like... Or it was the last known image of him, or the only known... I don't know. Mm. Of the kid who killed himself. So, what did we learn? We learned uh, when you get what you want... You no longer have a goal in life, and it makes you very depressed, and you want to kill yourself. Hmm. Next. Okay. <laughs> um, we get uh, we get Gately at the end of house. He's janitoring, and it is, I wrote down, grotesque. I mean, DFW yes. is really working overtime on a lot of these sections on, like, really laying into how gross things are. When you're poor? And a drug addict. Yeah, or recovering. I guess gross, I mean, those. I guess the, the homeless people are living in that place. And then Gately, you know, going and, you know, uh, having to clean that place up and showing us really, like, and I don't like, there's a little bit of, I think, I think DFW is trying to show us, like, you know, when you're in your recovery, like, it's a hard slog and you got to go through it. And I bet he heard stories from other people when he was in the uh, the, the recovery center. Was and he it, ever like a heroin addict, or was no it alcohol? Just it was alcohol. alcohol. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, but I again just doing, and I, I shouldn't be bringing this to the book, but I just uh, you know I read uh, a little section I guess from a biography of his that I mentioned, and. Um, like he had to get one of these jobs, you know, get a, get a regular job while he was in, in this recovery center. And he worked as like a, a security guard. Like, like he was not mopping out, you know, incredibly vile homeless yeah. shelters. So it, there, it's a little, feels a little, you know, like, 
it's weird to say about this about somebody who was in a recovery center, but like tour, tourism, or that he's really trying to he's really trying to shock us, and it feel I don't know it's it it doesn't jibe with. I thought you were gonna say it was something to do with like classism, and he's this upper middle class white guy, and he's saying, oh, maybe he had it good, but it's really like this, and it seems false because it's like he can't see beyond his white privilege i didn't have any of those thoughts okay (laughs) yeah it's i don't you know i don't know exactly what my critique is but it's tied up with something like that you know that he um it's hard to tell what is his disgust at the lower class people he had to interact with in recovery Mm -hmm. um or how if he's trying to show us how gritty life is on the streets i feel like he's trying to show us that he's like he knows, man. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, yeah, this is what it's like. Because I know what it's like. But then again, you've talked about this a lot, especially with, like, Steeply and stuff, like the the cartoonishly outrageousness of a lot of the things. Mm-hmm. And that could kind of fall under that. But then I think the problem that... You, when we talked about this before and I was like, Oh, it kind of reminds me of Tom, Tom Robbins, Tom Robbins, yeah. Tom Robbins novels. Cause they're this, these like big and kind of outlandish. But the thing about this book is that you're, it's presented as not that, you know what I mean? Like it's masquerading as like this serious, like, I mean, I guess people say it's a comedy, but you don't go in thinking it's going to be, it has these anchors in it of like, Take me seriously. Yeah. But really, a lot of it is just ridiculous. Yeah. Right? Okay. Yeah. So. It's that editing thing uh, I mentioned a couple weeks ago of like, um, he's always like, you know what would be, you know be gross is like a poop. But you know what would be really gross would be a hundred poops. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, you know what? It could just be one piece of poop. It's a hundred pieces of poop. <laughs> Okay. Well, little boys do find a hundred poops very funny. I mean, if one poop is funny, a hundred poops is a hundred times as funny. <laughs> the tennis teens have stress, and I don't know. Uh, what did I write down here? A note. Just wow! Really working overtime to shock us. And- okay, I'll be honest. So. I may have skimmed part of these because we did skip a week in recording. So I, I had to bow out because I hadn't finished it. But when I was trying to finish it, I was like, go, 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 go. And I was like, there's no content here. This is all just details about stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, there's nothing here. There's nothing here. I don't need to read this. So. I don't. I can't find what I was talking about. So now that you let the cat out of the bag, that we had a little gap. Uh, yeah, some of these notes, I'm not 100 percent sure. What uh, you know, that's my fault because I had to had to take a, you know, a break. Mm-hmm. A break. So here's one. We're talking about his jokes. Um, I wrote down on page 442. He's it's back in the puppet show. And he's talking about the character. The characters in the puppet show are talking about uh, a, a football game, 
like a college football game. And it's they call it the Ken L. Ration Magnamox Kemper Insurance for Cynthia Bowl, right? Mm-hmm. So we have the college bowls games, and mm-hmm. a famous one is the Rose Bowl. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, there's just something, this feels like a kind of like comedy 101 of like, okay, so a real football bowl is called the, the Rose Bowl. So what would be hilarious is to pick a different flower that has a more complicated name. Mm-hmm. The Forsynthia Bowl. Huh? Yeah, it's very juvenile. Right? Yeah. I and don't know. you're taking issue with it. <laughs> well, I wrote it down. I wrote it down as well. Waffle, what side do you fall on on this? What do you think? I think I know. Mm. He likes it. It's Waffle, the cat, just sitting in the middle of the table. Staring at me. So Gately gives his speech to another uh, Alcoholics Anonymous chapter about his problems with the concept of a higher power. Yep. And he got a standing ovation. And he got a standing ovation for complaining about the fact that he doesn't believe in a higher power. Yep. I didn't mind this one, except for there's a little racism in it. Oh, so I was talking with Dan, and I think I just uh, decided that all the people in the book are just horrible. Oh. Including the narrator. Oh. So everybody's just horrible. Everybody's just horrible. Like, they're horrible people, and that's why there's all of this horrible stuff about, you know, racism and hmm. misogyny. And okay. Blah, blah. So they're all horrible. Yeah. Okay. So you just have to accept that. Okay. They're all horrible, and everything's ridiculous. Okay. Horrible and ridiculous. Got it? I got it. Okay. Wrote it down. Keep going. Um, well, okay, so I just made a... This is an interesting line, all right? I'm a comedy critic. Uh, the... Um, I just complained about for Cynthia Bowl, but then the very next line in a new chapter is the name of an Alcoholics Anonymous chapter. And his... Uh, the, the, his, he's visiting the tough shit but you still can't drink group. And that sounds like a crazy exaggeration, but I was actually doing some research and looking for Alcoholics Anonymous groups in Chicago that have open uh, open sessions where just anybody can go. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the names of the groups are things like that. Hmm. They're, they're, they're phrases about um, – there was a like 6 a.m. group that was called the um, Yes, It Really Is That Early group. <laughs> I – would have never known that, you know? Yeah. So that feels like an exaggerated detail, but it is actually, like, based... That is good comedy. Like, that. this name, Tough Shit But You Still Can't Drink group, is, like, real Alcoholics Anonymous group names cranked up, just, just turning the dial just up just a little bit. Just a little exaggeration. Good job. Okay. Gold star. Gold star. I have a note here that I have no idea what it means. <laughs> So I'm going to have to skip it. Um, something about something about sobriety, which is certainly apropos to this section, but I have no idea. And then, uh, then we have Mario really feeling the absence of Madame Psychosis, who we know is in recovery, but no one else does. And he knew her. Right. It's still not clear if Mario knows that, that the woman that he knows he probably does. He would recognize a voice. But it's not made it's not never not even explicit yet. I don't believe it says like 
mourning Joel, right? You know, not hearing her. He's very explicitly talking about not hearing metapsychosis. Though she was around. I mean, she dated his brother and and then worked with his father. And then we learn about Tennis Academy drills um, and how drills work. And we watch the boys go through drills. You know what? And it's as boring as skim, 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 skim. It's like <laughs> going to drills. It's just <laughs> drills. You just that falls under life's too short. Uh-huh. Let's just uh, keep this moving. There was I wrote down there was a good piece of actual actual. It felt like good coaching. I wonder if it's a, like a transcription of something an actual good coach did said to him one time. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's like at the bottom of 458, and um, I won't read the whole thing, but it's uh, the coach uh, talking about how you can feel super sore, and, and there's all sorts of distractions, and um, and that it's uh, talking about not adjusting to those circumstances, but about being, he says, uh, here, it's, his turns as he paces are crisp and used to punctuate, adjust, adjust? Stay the same? No. Is not stay the same? Is it cold? Is it wind? Cold and wind are the world outside. Yes. Um, so he's going on about uh, it's of like don't adjust to the world, be uh, and don't expect things to be the same. Have the sameness within yourself, the strength of your training, knowing that you what you bring to the tennis court in mm-hmm. this case, knowing what you bring to the athletic endeavor. Mm-hmm. That felt like actually good coaching. Mm-hmm. You know, there have been many instances where someone is giving advice and it's it's solid. You're like, wait a second. Yeah. I, I do write, wonder. Write those down. Yeah. Though, I mean, like you, like you just heard, I have trouble actually reading it to you because it's a, I mean, it's a, it covers, covers a page. These are not like pithy quotes. <laughs> These are long discursive sections with lots of repetition. Yep. And that's what we read. That's it. That's it. Like I kind of complained at the beginning. It didn't stick very well because there wasn't... Wait a second. But you... you... Did I read to the wrong point? (laughs) Or... (laughs) I don't know. Where's your bookmark? 5-0. Oh my gosh, you're you're a week ahead. Or a half a week ahead. Is that why I couldn't finish? Is that why you couldn't finish? (laughs) No, wait, wait, wait. Or are you now trying to stay on track for next week already? I am so confused. Oh, so you're, you've read a whole half week that I haven't yet. And so is there exciting stuff? <laughs> no spoilers, but you were like, this this section's great. A lot well, happens. Well, that's probably like, finish it last mm. week because I was trying to read the, <laughs> this page. Oh, my God. You know what? Last week was a tough week. I'm just going to say that. It was very it was very tough. I was not thinking clearly. So, okay. <laughs> Where did we stop? We were we were meant to stop at page 464. Oh. Oh. <laughs> yeah, man, I'm way ahead. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <sighs> Well, that would have been information. Good to know. Okay. I'm not going to beat myself up about it. That's where we stopped. That's where we stopped. And, uh, yeah. So the only thing that some things in the next section I thought were good. 
<laughs> we can't wait. But you can save this. Uh, in the very beginning of this section, when he was talking about the different films that himself made, the joke, and there was another one, what they described, and it was just like a takedown of all that stuff. And I feel like, I don't, this doesn't feel like it's the exact quote, but it was, um, he was exploring the idea of audience relationship with various sorts of shows. But then that felt like a theme of the book, our experience with this and challenging the audience. Mm-hmm. And so like that kind of was like, oh, all right. All right. Just tying things together for me. Okay. And then I thought the part about the net, the fall of network TV was interesting and fun and, you know. Greed is the downfall of everything. Well, there's a quote. That's a quote you can put on a wall. Basically, that was the section of the network television and the president being a clown and wanting everything, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> oh, and then uh, I felt like this book kind of feels like one big manic episode. Hmm. 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 I figured out what the sobriety thing i wrote down before was is that i think i'm actually despite some of my complaints about comedic exaggeration about poops i think i'm finding the recovery stuff the most interesting it's and then and the best written even the places you know every now and then he goes off the rails but and i was like this would be a really this could have been a really good 250 page sobriety book like, you know, a guy going into a, a recovery center and, like, just take those chapters out. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think I would have read that book in a week and, and never, <laughs> never felt the need to make a podcast. Enjoyed it and never felt the need to make a podcast about it. I think you are not alone in thinking he needed a better editor. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think if there was anything. Now I even know where we left off. But, yeah, (laughs) that's all all I got. All right. Well, that's all we got. (laughs) Well, that's all we got. Uh, Next week, I'm going to read to page 537. I have to read to that page, too. You have to read, but you're halfway there. I'm halfway there. Um, Thanks to Noogenics for our theme music. Thanks to Dave Stinton for the name. Thanks to Kate for coming up with the T-shirt that uh, we probably haven't actually made yet, but we will soon. Um, all right, see you next week.